0: what's up everybody we are back with another episode i'm joined by sheila lord who's the director of building mental resilience and this episode is brilliant because we're talking about everything related to do with stress so if you want to help get some tools and tips on how to manage stress um, and improve the stresses in your life then hey this episode is for you so enjoy it sit back and uh, get some useful tips Hey guys, welcome to another Energy Fitness Podcast. My name is Marcus and today we've got a fantastic guest called Sheila Lord who's joining us. So I'll pass over to Sheila to give, give yourself a, a brief introduction.
1: Oh hi Marcus, good morning and it's nice to be um, with you today. Um, so as Marcus said, my name's Sheila Lord, uh, I'm from a company called... BMR health and well-being um, and what we do is we look at workplace mental health mental health training anything to do with mental and physical health so a little bit about about me I used to work in the corporate world I worked in supply chain operations etc and did it for 25 years um, had a child at the age of 40 and my landscape completely shifted and what was really important to me pre-child wasn't as important to me post-child as in my career commuting traveling stress etc um and I basically I didn't realize until many years later in fact only until two years ago but I was actually suffering with postnatal depression Mm -hmm. and I basically woke up one day never taken a day off sick in my life in 30 odd years Mm -hmm. and I woke up one day and just went I'm not going to work today or any other day. I've had enough and I just quit. Um, Wow. Yeah. I just just couldn't do it anymore. You know, when you just reach that point where you're like, I've had enough. I don't know what I do want to do, but I know what I don't want to do. And it needs to stop. So I got off that hamster wheel um and then um proceeded to have myself a little mini meltdown because I was like what do I do next yeah (laughs) so I had no clue what to do next (laughs) so I went off to a fitness retreat and while I was there I was like wow this is great I've got some time away for me I've got some headspace um brilliant but when I came out um because it was like being in a bubble um Mm, where everything was done for you you didn't have to think about anything except turn up for food, turn up for exercise, go to bed. <laughs> um, and I just thought, do you know what? This could be really great, mm-hmm. but if we did something more around kind of less th- less than, more than dropping a dress size in a week, basically. Yeah, definitely. Um, and not so much focus on the physical aspects, but look at the mental aspects as well, because we don't get unfit and stop looking after ourselves when we're feeling mentally well, because generally other stuff going on that's making us slightly unhappy. So we're turning to food for comfort or wine or whatever your kind of comfort um, factor is. Um, And my business partner, um, Anne-Marie Robinson, is also my best friend and was my next door neighbor at the time. She used to to do a lot of work in schools, um, teaching growth mindset, or the work of a lady called Dr. Carol Dweck. And it's all about how people have a fixed mindset. Oh, I'm doing this because that's the way it's meant to be. And that's just my life. Yeah. Um, and I do it because that's what I've always A growth mindset where you're not afraid of failure. And you kind of put yourself out there to learn all the time. And I was like, Do you know what, That that those concepts, and it's it's a lot more in-depth than that, but I would be if that's a whole other subject altogether. <laughs> um, but that, to me, was the missing link. I thought we need more education in these types of retreats. So basically, long story short, I rang out um, Anne on my drive home from the fitness retreat, and I said, I've got a really great idea. I want to start some uh, fitness boot camps and will you be my business partner and will you do all the stuff around growth mindset because that's what we need to do and we'll teach about nutrition and we'll teach about body confidence and all of these other different things so we set up what was then bmr body and mind reboot
0: ah interesting, okay. interesting. yeah cool. so
1: that's where we started um and it was basically a place for people to get off the hamster wheel come and press the reset button reboot themselves and off the and it was great. And it was uh, we still run them today. Um, but what we found is, you know, what I was doing is I was just providing a space for stressed out individuals mm. and people were coming to us and they would offload. And, you know, we create a very safe space for where people feel um, very safe and secure and, and, and very confidential. So we would have a lot of conversations with people. We just didn't feel we were um had the right skill sets to be able to have those conversations and then help to signpost people in the right direction for support if they needed it. Yeah. So we did a bit of research and we came across the MHFA England um, first aid training courses. And uh, we looked at them and Anne said, well, you know, I think this would be really good for us. And I said, I agree with you. I think they really would. But we both agreed that, look, why why are we just going to do the first aid course? Surely it makes more sense if we become instructors. And we go back into the workplace and we help to teach the signs and symptoms. So basically, people in the workplace are, have got somewhere to go when they're stressed. It's like, yeah. brilliant, great idea. So we went off and we did that. And then I was like, because my background's all about business improvement and quality management frameworks and things like that. I was like, hang on a minute. If these broken people or these stressed people were broken or stressed pieces that we're coming off a piece of equipment on a shop floor, for example. We'd be looking at the piece of equipment that's making that faulty product or whatever and looking at what the root causes of the problem. So why are we not doing that with stress in the workplace? Okay. Yeah. So instead of just kind of picking people up off the floor that were stressed and were really struggling, let's have a look at the work environment. And try and work on the factors that are causing the stress in the first place, and work with business leaders um, so that people are subjected to less stress. Um, and so we we did with body and mind reboot. Then we turned it into building mental resilience because, um, and that's where we were teaching people how to spot the signs and symptoms of stress. And actually, now we've we've evolved again, and now we're going beyond mental resilience because teaching somebody how to be resilient is great and resilience training is fantastic, but we can't just teach people to be more resilient to stress. Yeah. We need to remove the stress. Um, So that's kind of my, mine and Anne's journey in a, and the BMR journey in a um, yeah. Short, short story, really. Yeah. It's it's an Amazing journey. Yeah.
0: You know, and, it's always interesting to see, you know, how um, individuals uh, have come come to that, not end point, but progressive point for yeah. what's kind of happened to them individually. Like, like you said, when you, you woke up one morning, you just knew something had to change and you had to make that change. You didn't know what it was, but there was a kind of huge negative kind of space that y- you were in and uh yeah you had to do something about it and then which has led you to exploring yeah these various different avenues and uh, you know, i've done the, the mental health first aid course with you guys in the last couple of years mm. been very into kind of training the mind to to improve that because like I say it it works hand in hand with you know physical fitness and why do we train our bodies but we don't actually train our minds when that that mental health is is even more so important on a a day-to-day basis
1: absolutely and when you put it in that context Marcus it, it absolutely makes sense it's like why Without, without good mental health, we don't do the physical health. So is it exactly. surely not as important to focus time and effort on the things that we can do to improve our mental health? Um, because the first thing to go when you start to struggle with your mental health is your physical fitness.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Because, because we, start, we, you know, we, we start to do all the things that are wrong for us. Um, and don't get me wrong, you know, stress is good. We, if we didn't have stress in our lives... We wouldn't function. So, you know, we need a little bit of stress to kind of keep us motivated, to keep us fired up. You know, it's, you know, we don't have any stress in life. um, We just get bored. Um, And that boredom can turn into depression. That depression can, you know, uh, result in anxiety. And then just generally poor health. So we need, it's about getting the balance right, because not all stress is equal yeah um you know you think of an elastic band you know you've got a tension some now and you think of elastic band of stress you use the tension for it to perform its function yeah Mm. so if you want to hold things together with an elastic band you wrap it round, but you wouldn't wrap it too tight because the tension becomes too much and the band will break so it can't do its job
0: yeah no exactly that and yeah, with because you know, obviously we've been in this lockdown period as well, which oh. has increased uh, and accelerated the the levels of potential stress. It's even more important. But what what how do we is how do we define stress or can you know let's let's maybe dive into kind of examples of of the stresses we have uh, in life, good good and bad.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean we've all got you know we've got stresses so you know simple stresses if you will. You know it's like workload you know deadlines at work you know we'll have a, a deadline and then as we're getting closer to that deadline you know maybe we've been a bit slow in terms of doing it or even you know let's put it into a physical fitness we're going on holiday yeah we want that bikini body and we're like oh the yeah. holiday's this far away this far away this far away and then as soon as the pressure's on as soon as there's a little bit of stress that starts to be applied we've got more motivation Okay, so we've got that motivation. It's like, okay, we're exercising like crazy six weeks before our, you know, we've had 12 weeks or even 18 (laughs) weeks to get ourselves in shape. But it's like now, isn't it? It's like lockdown's coming to the end. I've eaten my own body weight in food (laughs) and I've gained two stone over a 12 month period. And it's like, I've got to work in the fitness industry. I cannot come out of lockdown looking like this. (laughs) So, you know, I've now got a stress or a pressure, if you will to motivate me to do that okay Mm -hmm. but that motivation that that good stress which is now giving me motivation to get that done could equally go the other way and that good stress could actually be me I could equally take that amount of pressure if you will and go oh there's just no way I'm going to do that in 12 weeks Uh, there's no point it's hopeless and don't try and then sink into feeling down and depressed and not wanting to do anything about it. So it's, it's very easy to see how pressure or stress can go one way or the other. Um, and it's very individual. Very, very individual. I mean, if you've done the mental health training, you, you know, you'd have gone through what we call the stress signature.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is where, you know, the stress signature is as unique to a person as a fingerprint. You know, we have, you know, if you think of a stress container for anybody that hasn't done the training as literally as a as a tub or a container inside your tummy. And some people will have bigger containers. Some people will have smaller containers. And it's your stress is what, well. you know, the stress container, you keep putting stress into that. Um, and at some point, if we don't have a valve to release that stress, the stress container will overflow. Yeah. It's like filling a bucket with water. If you don't have a tap to turn the water off and you keep putting water in, it's going to overflow. So everybody's stress container is of a different size. What stresses you out might not stress me out and vice versa. I get stressed at the thought of doing exercise. You probably love it. Um, you know, every time I get a ping and Lucy's like, get on the spinning class. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, so, so different things stress different people. You know, if I show a spreadsheet, she gets really stressed. If I have to walk on a stage and present to a lot of people, I get really stressed. But she thrives on it. So we're all very unique and no two people are the same. So we can never judge other people by what stresses us. Well, it doesn't bother me. So why does it bother them? Um, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. It's very
1: individual. So you know, we've got to understand what our own capacity is for stress.
0: Yeah, and it's I think it's
1: it's really you know, and you'd think that people with a bigger stress container would have the better ability to deal with stress because they have a bigger container, and people with a smaller container would be stressed all the time. But actually. That's not necessarily true because actually the people with a small stress container fill up rather quickly. So they used to getting stressed on a regular basis. So mm. they generally have good coping mechanisms or a good release valve to identify yeah. and let that stress out. Whereas somebody with a big stress container doesn't hit that level on a regular basis so when they do, it's like, oh, not experienced this before. What do I do?
0: Yeah, you can get, then it gets uh, sometimes potentially, I guess, that overwhelm. Absolutely, feeling where it's yeah, it's just built up over time, and then you hit that point where it's like, oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I think you know, I think COVID has had a massive impact on people's stress containers. So for those of us, and I put myself in this category, that's got a relatively small stress container, so I can go from zero to hero in like ten seconds in terms of stress, Um, but I also know how to dive into it and to turn it down, Um, but I'll go there very quickly, so my cup runneth over very, very quickly. Um, We've, and I've I've put myself in this back, I've managed to cope with the the stress of COVID quite well, Um, and in fact, Mm -hmm. I think I've thrived more during this pandemic and grown more as a person um, because I've tried new things and, and opened up to different things, whereas people that have always coped really well who've now started to feel stress for the first time have really really struggled um mm. so i think you know it, the, this pandemic and the lockdowns and everything else has taught us all a lot about our own mental health and our capacity to to cope
0: yeah i think it's it's just magnified yeah how how we we deal with yeah stress how we manage with manage it uh, on a day-to-day and kind of highlighted yeah additional stresses or different stresses that we might not have had to deal with outside of being in this situation and I think that stress container is when we went through it on the course Mm. it's such a it's a great way of looking at Mm. it and it it makes it easier to kind of manage Mm. so I think for, for people maybe listening to this that it's kind of almost Uh, looking at their own stresses and their stress container that that might be individual to to them and um, just highlighting that as a starting point and then they can start to maybe potentially manage that a little bit better or release that that filter to to get rid of some stress but i guess it's for a lot of us it's actually having that uh, initial point where you recognize what stress you have in your life and yeah I guess what's in that container as absolutely. well you know, yeah. it absolutely absolutely and you know and
1: there's there's kind of negative and positive ways of dealing with stress elements as well you know um, yeah. I'm, I'm quite open and, and, and quite honest about the fact that you know I used um, for many many years and again I think it was part and parcel of the generation I grew up in the work environment I grew up in uh, so my work environment was through the you know late 80s to the 90s Um, In that corporate arena, you know, and it was always boozy nights, um, lots of alcohol, you know, free bars, you know, dinners out and all of that (laughs) stuff. Okay, so so I grew up in an era where it was, you know, alcohol, 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 you know, having a good day, alcohol, having a bad day, alcohol, going out, alcohol. So alcohol was a big part of um, certainly my um life and my a lot of people I think in my generation so when I started to get stressed especially after I'd had a child um my you know my drink my coping mechanism was to have a glass of wine okay Mm. and I only ever used to drink on the weekends like on a Friday and a Saturday um and then my weekends became Thursday to Sunday and then it was I'll just Mm. have a drink when I get in after a long commute on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday, and I was drinking every night. Now, not rip roaring drunk, but to a point that when you do that consistently over time, it starts to take a toll. Yeah. On your yeah. sleep patterns, on your um, general mood, because you're not, when you're doing stuff like that, your body's not resting properly at night because it's going. I need to process all this toxin that you've put in your body, so I'm going to work, 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 so your body's not having that downtime when you're supposed to yeah, exactly. supposed to be fixing stuff. So we need to be aware of what we can do as human, as as, as individuals, uh, in terms of turning that tap on and off to, to kind of empty our stress containers um, and making sure that we're using helpful and not unhelpful coping strategies. So you know, alcohol is yeah. a definite no um, as a crutch. You know, a glass of wine. Here, and don't get me wrong, I'm no party pooper. I still have a drink now, but I manage my alcohol intake, um, and I'm much more aware of when I'm using it as a stress reliever and when I'm just being sociable.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the difference, isn't it? It's that self, that self awareness, and you know that alcohol you know how many how many people have you know i know i've spoken to that have had to or felt like they've had to drink more because of this this lockdown as well so it's yes yeah, it's that self-awareness absolutely it, which is kind of hard yeah to see.
1: and and again at this time you know we're living in absolutely unprecedented times so you know it's it, it, in a lot of respects covid is um a gift in terms of of the things it's going to do for us culturally and from a societal point of view and the way it's going to break mm. down um stigmas around mental health because I think that everybody's struggled in some way shape or form over this lockdown yeah, period exactly. so and I think because everybody's in the same boat more people are willing to open up and talk about it you know you just look on Facebook and it's like I'm losing my mind, the kids are driving me insane, homeschooling is awful, I'm sick of being locked in the house, all of these types of things. And I think what we do as human beings, especially in this in this era, is that we've lost all perspective on what coping and managing looks like.
0: Yeah.
1: So, yeah. you know, we're having to cope with, pivot, and do things very differently, yet we're still not praising ourselves for the things that we've done well but we're giving ourselves a hard time for the things that we haven't managed to do
0: yes yeah. yeah
1: so you know we for example we've had to pivot our business we've had to do take our stuff online we've had to um find new ways of delivering training whilst homeschooling okay and learning new skills and trying not to drink you know exercise has gone out of the window but we've done so many good things and the one thing that you hear your inner critic telling you is all of the things you've not managed to achieve quite yet
0: so yeah yeah we, we default to that negative abs- <laughs> that negative talk absolutely <laughs> i mean i
1: think you know we just need to be kinder to ourselves and, and, and be more aware of those risk factors
0: yeah i couldn't, couldn't agree more it's i think as a yeah i mean i've traveled the, the world delivering kind of training and things like that and i think as as a as a nation we always kind of look to yeah the negative what we haven't done or what we've done wrong or this wasn't right rather than actually kind of looking at hey you know this was great i've achieved this i've managed to do this and and, and looking at the positives and that um yeah what we've what we've done well as opposed to the the bigger list of um yeah, everything that I've not done, absolutely, essentially, yeah, yeah, and and what are there are there some practical ways where people can manage manage their, their stress or kind of recognize it as well?
1: Yeah, I think you know, I think we can, you know, with a, with the stress, you know, I think one of the key signs of when we are stressed is where we start snapping. Yeah, where we've got this emotional snapping and we're snapping out at people. We're behaving like a character, or we're just feeling generally down, you know. The and you know, we know from, um, you know, we see it's because it's publicized so much, you know, for for keeping um stress and depression at bay and, and having good mental health. We're always told, right, you should eat well, yeah. So, diet, nutrition, exercise, and sleep, okay, all positive factors around um good mental health, and we know that. Okay. Uh, What we do do is we fall into the alcohol trap because you think, well, it makes you feel like you get to sleep better, but it doesn't actually give you a good quality of sleep. Um, And then, but the other thing is that, you know, when it comes to our mental health, if I turn around to you, um, and you might know the answers um, because you've done some of the training, but if I say to you, okay, Marcus, what are the five, give me five pillars of good mental health, what would you say?
0: Yeah, I mean, without, without doing the, the training, I, I would struggle struggle to answer that yeah if I thought about before the course and you know the average person if I asked that same question to someone else then yeah you you, you wouldn't be able to answer no it. exactly
1: so so when it comes to kind of the pillars of good like mental health let's take the the physical stuff away like the the diet the exercise and the nutrition and all of that mm. as as human beings we need to kind of look at what we've got around us so you know are we experiencing positive emotions on a daily basis if you do something nice for somebody it makes you feel good yeah do it you know Definitely. you know you go and do some shopping for the lady that lives around the corner that can't get out to the shops it makes you feel good you know you buy a sandwich or a hot coffee for uh the homeless guy um it yeah. you know it makes you feel nice to do an act of kindness so you know kind of having these um positive emotions is, is really important. I think having the relationships around us that are good. Um, so, you know, again, having positive relationships in our lives, surrounding ourselves with positive people, removing toxic people from our lives, um, you know, having those good relationships, again, make us feel good about ourselves. Um, and having this sense of meaningfulness in our life, So, well, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm on this planet for. Yeah? Mm. Volunteer somewhere. Go and volunteer at a charity. Get involved in supporting a good cause. You know, find something that you can do that gives meaning.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: To your life. And, you know, this sense of accomplishment. You know, what is it that you can achieve? Set yourself goals. Don't set yourself a goal to run a marathon if you've never done Couch to 5K or never walked more than five kilometers but if you set yourself small goals that are manageable and achievable you can start to build up this feeling and this sense of accomplishment and whether that's a fitness goal whether that's to read a book whether that's to start a podcast whether that's to write blogs it doesn't matter what it is do something that will make you feel like you've got this sense of accomplishment all of a sudden we're doing things that start to make us feel good about ourselves and that helps us to to um yeah increase our mental health our positivity uh around what we're doing um so yeah um that would kind of you know for not just focusing on the physical aspects but also the kind of self-care stuff that we can do mentally from our own perspective
0: yeah definitely yeah I think, um, you, you know, it's, it's important for people to f- find those those hobbies and things that they enjoy, um, especially in, in what's been happening at the moment or, like you say, setting set clear goals and easy-to-achieve goals yeah. with what we, we tend to do, and I've done this before, is, you know, you want to say, hey, you know, I, I'm going to read a whole book within, like, a week, mm-hmm um and and then you just think you start and you're like oh I'm never going to do this and then you just don't don't bother continuing whereas you know if I said you know I'm just going to read one page a day absolutely um and then finish that book you you get that sense of confidence Mm. you you know habit um and then like you say you you feed into that feeling of uh, accomplishment which is mega important for for everything else that we do absolutely
1: it's like me trying to like I turned 50 this year and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be um, not feeling the best that I can feel because I don't feel comfortable in my own skin at the moment because I'm bigger than I used to be. And, you know, it's like, oh, my God, how do I drop so many pounds before this? And, and, you know, when I looked at it, it was like, oh, God, I I need to lose 45 pounds. And that's just an impossible task. And I've actually broken that down because that was overwhelming me. That was making me feel stressed and it was making me feel depressed. And now, what I've said is, okay, let's put it, let's dress this up in a different way. So, all I need to do for the next three months is achieve 10,000 steps a day, burn 3,000 calories, okay, and eat 1,500 calories. If I do that, then that should break, that should equate down to roughly three pounds, four pounds a week weight loss with some ups and downs. And now, all of a sudden, because I've broken it down into a small and manageable target that isn't going to overwhelm me, I feel more equipped to be able to deal with that. Whereas for the last six months, I've been been giving myself this massive um, thing that I need to achieve with no um, kind of set path of how I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it just increases that sh- that stress. You you don't start it, and then you end up in that vicious cycle. Absolutely, of, yeah, Absolutely. And it, yeah, and, and it's like you say, it leads to them, you know, feeling kind of low. You know, you know, depression can start to kick in because you don't feel like you're doing anything, but then you haven't got the energy okay. to do it. It's, uh, it's it's really tough, and I think goal setting is is almost another big subject in itself to kind of explore to make sure uh, you know people do that in the the right way to to feel kind of successful and actually reach those goals
1: absolutely absolutely and it's it's just it's it's not setting yourself up for failure by putting too much pressure on yourself you know and I think in this in especially in this current climate we just have to be kinder to ourselves and pick small manageable goals that we can do and just be very aware of um when we're not feeling 100 you know i'm lucky i've got people around me like Anne and like my partner um who can tell me sheila you're not yourself because we're not always uh, you know no matter how mental health aware or trained we are sometimes we don't see what's right in front of our faces so having people around you and giving them permission to pull you up when they think you're um going off track a little bit is a great thing to have you know um and I think it's important that you can have that, that people have those open conversations um with those closest to them
0: yeah yeah I guess it relates back to you know the first point you made around having kind of positive people around mm. you as well that you know can, can support you and yeah obviously give you a honest um uh, opinion to kind of redirect you because yeah you know we all lose we all lose our, our way on path yeah. you know and that's it's just life absolutely yeah really. absolutely um, and Im- if, if people can support us in a good positive way uh, and be honest and open then um, and we're receptive to that as well or help us get back on that straight and narrow absolutely
1: no absolutely <laughs> okay. so yeah it's just important that i think we just you know keep ourselves um aware educated um and you know surround ourselves with with the right people
0: I oh, couldn't, couldn't agree more yeah it's uh it really will help us uh start to progress especially coming out of out of lockdown uh, as well and those yeah y- using those kind of simple things has a, a big impact that sometimes we don't necessarily realize as well so i think you know anybody kind of listening to that you know start small with with some of these actions that we, we've spoken about um you know it's almost having that self-reflection on on what's happening in our lives to then be able to to take appropriate steps to move absolutely
1: forward. and i think again you know even coming out of lockdown that's going to take some small yeah. steps for some people some people will be ready yeah. to go okay and wanting to just get right back into life but you know life post lockdown is not going to be the same as it was pre-lockdown you know you know even Mm -hmm. being like desperate to get back into the office because you want to be around people you know we're going to have screens up there's going to be ppe there may be one-way systems in and out of the office there may be altered um kind of working patterns so what you know there is going to be that sense where oh actually it's not the same as before so all of these things can potentially knock us off track a little bit, um, but just be aware that that's, you know, potentially going to happen. And then, you know, some people may need to take it, take smaller steps while other people will take bigger steps. There is no right and no wrong. It doesn't make you, you know, um, it doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you less capable. It just means, you know, you're a different human being with a different kind of, um make up to to somebody else um and we all have to do what's right for for ourselves
0: yeah definitely i think yeah what what can i guess add to our own individual stresses is, is that comparison to other people isn't it and what you just kind of touched on oh there they seem to be managing really well, uh, abs- you know, they've got this and they've got that and I don't and, you know, that, that fills up that stress container. Exactly, again,
1: especially social media. I mean, don't even get me started on social media. Yeah. Yeah. I spend <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, 30 seconds on Instagram and I'm just like, oh my God, I can't bear it. I cannot bear it um, because it's so um, unrealistic it's so unrealistic because people are posting the best life either the best version of their life or the life that they want to live um i think we've seen a little bit more honesty over lockdown um if because you know we just can't people just can't keep that up but and i would say especially around um kind of health and fitness and and wellness it it can feel so you can feel so um down about it it's like i'm never yeah. going to be like that but uh, f- and for me i would say you know one of the biggest things to help with mental health digital detox just just have yeah. time off your phone i i mean i barely go onto um social media these days i don't go on instagram i occasionally go on facebook because um, that's where i share stuff with friends and family um but instagram i think is uh, is a
0: uh... he's still there Anne huh?
1: Oh, you're back oh uh, i don't know what happened
0: yeah then. <laughs> yeah i couldn't he- i couldn't oh, hear no. you i couldn't hear you it finished um it finished uh, the last thing you said was um yeah instagram was um instagram not yeah you were speaking about your um or we can we can chop some bits out anyway, but you're speaking about um, Facebook. You go on there just for friends and family, but in, Instagram not not so much because of. And then um, yeah, could 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 no, hear I'll anymore, say, so if, we can just pick. Yeah, pick stay up away.
1: I I tend to st- personally stay away from Instagram because it's so visual and so um, the world of beautiful people, um, and I just it makes me feel inadequate. Um, yeah, and I'm not, so I'm not going to look at something that that actually. Um, what's the word I'm looking for that creates those emotions in me and those feelings
0: yeah disconnect exactly
1: disconnect I try to have digital detox and only go on to social media if I need it for either work or communicating with um close family and friends
0: yeah, it really' cause, yeah you can just waste so much time on there and it just doesn't it doesn't improve your life or your mind you know there's, there's definitely obviously pros massive pros to it um in terms of getting you know positive messages out there and you know following good accounts um but i kind of uh, a while ago found myself in that that space as well i just ended up kind of removing i'm following loads of people or accounts that just kind of wasn't that
1: if you find yourself disappearing down a rabbit hole and you come out 45 minutes an hour later feeling inadequate it's
0: time for a digital detox yeah yeah 100 no, yeah. percent. yeah i know i know there's a actually a guy i follow um who's kind of really big is used to be a, a competitor a natural bodybuilding but now he's kind of training fitness professionals yeah and he has a, a lot of the, the stoic kind of philosophies where he has a actual technology detox on a thursday where he doesn't use kind of phones or uh laptops or anything like that and just kind of has his own kind of time to develop and you know connect with other people that's not digitally so uh i think yeah a couple of hours break or regular breaks and limiting that time goes a long way
1: absolutely so when we do our reboot weekends and you know we'll have the clients come and they'll be like they'll bring the phones or they would have brought laptops to do some work in the evening and after the first day they're like yeah that's going on and then they just they just dump it they're like i'm not touching it we're in a, you know we're in a little bubble we we can just detox from everything you know no makeup no no hair washed <laughs> no
0: yeah. nothing
1: it's just let loose <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah uh, and get down with a local, with a yeah. like local lifestyle, as in yeah. in the middle of a field doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: gives you it gives you perspective, though, doesn't it? When you start removing those those things that we feel we we need to rely on, or we, we've got the habit of getting into to using, we it's kind of a bit like lockdown. We can we kind of have that realization that some things we don't actually need. Great guys. So yeah, we've we've spoken about social media. Um, Sheila, is there? Any last kind of key things or key summary based on everything we've spoken about that you'd like to leave the listeners with, um, based on the stress uh, and what we've been through today?
1: Yeah, I just think you know my my advice would be you know understand um, where your stress levels are and what tips you you know when you're starting to feel your stress container overflow and then just make sure that you know you've got a way in your life that you can actually start to turn that tap off um positively and whether that is just going out for a walk whether it's going lying in the bath it doesn't have to be going out doing loads of mad exercise Uh, it's just whatever you can do to dial that down a little bit you know read a book chill out go for a little snooze whatever that may be it's about really kind of understanding um what works for you because we're all individual um and you don't have to do run a marathon do a coached 5k do this do that do the other do what makes you happy um and focus on um that and not comparing yourself to others if you find yourself disappearing down a digital social media rabbit hole to have a digital so that you put time in your day uh, for not being on your phone um and take it easy on things like alcohol and other unhelpful um, coping mechanisms. Um, and make sure that you've got positive relationships in your life. Um, and don't give yourself such a hard time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Advice. yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's Because that's we're that's our
1: cool. own worst critic
0: oh yes yeah we can uh, be way too harsh on ourselves but mm. uh, there's some amazing points Sheila um, and I think that was going to be a, a massive help to to people and it's been absolute pre- pleasure connecting with you uh, this morning and we've got a couple of more episodes to dive into as well which I'm really excited about but um, yeah, yeah fantastic you for sharing your your background and letting us know um, some key tools on on how to kind of reduce stress, manage it, uh, and also what it is importantly. So I really appreciate your time.
1: No problem, Marcus. Okay, great to speak to you.
0: And you, we'll see you soon.
1: See you soon. Okay.
0: Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.